Good morning, Gator Nation, and welcome to the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast Early Signing Day Special. I'm your host, Neil Shulman. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at All Kinds Weather, and I'm joined by my recruiting-centric co-host, Dustin Smith. You can follow him on Twitter at IAKOW Dustin. He also runs our recruiting handle at IAKOW Recruiting, so be sure to check him out there as well. Dustin, um, as you know, there is a lot of stuff to get to in a short period of time. Um, I'm actually in Atlanta right now to watch James Houston and Jackson State. Yes, the Jackson State that pulled Travis Hunter away from FSU, that Jackson State, to watch them play for the HBCU National Championship in the Celebration Bowl this Saturday. Dustin, you're gearing up for Christmas. We weren't planning to do a National Sign Day pod this week because we didn't think there was going to be a lot to talk about aside from Devin Moore. I think a lot of us knew that was coming, but we were actually planning to run an interview that you had done with Rage and Review co-host Matt. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Rage and Review is a very popular Louisiana Raging Cajun podcast. We're going to interview him about Billy Napier. We've still got that. We're holding on to that now, but that's kind of got to wait its turn now because guess what, Dustin? The Gators did some big stuff on the recruiting trail in the 10 days since Billy Napier took the job. Florida has now got some big-time signees in the wings. Um, and now, like any successful company, we adapt. We, we change our plans and our priorities, and, and we've got a signing day show for you all because we've got more than one new addition to the class to talk about. So, Dustin, let's start the show with this, and, and, then, and then we can talk more specifics uh, momentarily. But for the opening question, w- with what you've seen so far from Billy Napier, granted a very small sample size, but from what you've seen so far, how would you rate the job he has done on the recruiting trail? I'm not sure if you got your face cam on, but you're more than welcome to use it so we can interact and have this have this discussion. I'm not sure if you're open to that, but... Sure, what the So, there you go. You look good, bro. I like that polo. Thank you. Enough of the pleasantries. Let's um, let's get to it. So, I mean, Deal, let me just say this. What Billy Napier was able to do on the recruiting trail in his first 10 days as the head coach of the University of Florida officially was downright incredible. I mean, we, we had discussions on back channels before early signing day, and we really didn't expect anything. We did not expect half these players to um, commit to Florida or sign with Florida. Um, there was buzz for McClellan to go to Oklahoma. Obviously, we expected Kabari to go to Georgia. Um, same with uh, James, the linebacker. Um, the only player that we that we felt we had a good shot at was Moore, um, flipping him from Notre Dame. But all in all, uh, I'm not only impressed, but I'm I'm hopeful for the future. Uh, just think what Billy Napier and his staff would be able to do when he has a full staff, not only of assistants, but of his entire quote-unquote army that is building. Imagine Napier with more time. Yeah, I think this transition class on um, – ending in uh, the, the final signing day in February, I think we could see something special. Now, I'm not going to say we're, we're top five or, or top ten, but I definitely think we can outdo what the experts are thinking. 
Yeah. Um, I'm not really the kind of guy that really cares about if Florida finishes one versus three or, or four versus seven. If you've got an elite class, if, if you fill your needs, like if you've got guys that fill holes in your roster, if you've got a lot of five stars that have offers from Alabama, Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, Ohio State, USC, Texas, et cetera, et cetera, you've got a really good class. I'm not really in the rankings that much. I do think that there is some legitimacy to them. Um, I don't take them as an exact science, like one versus two or two versus four even. But if you've got a top 10 class, you're doing your job. If you've got a top five class, you're really doing your job. Um, I would say I would think Florida can finish in the top 30 or so. Um, asking for any higher than that might be asking for too much given how little time left there is and given how so many of the guys are already off the board now because they signed in the early signing period. But um, a couple of questions I definitely have for Napier. I can't really give him an A-plus grade just because I don't understand a few things. I'm not necessarily even faulting him for them. I just don't get them. Like letting Nick Evers walk was something I just don't understand. I mean, I'm, I'm not even a huge sign a QB in every class kind of guy, but I do believe you have to average one QB per class. So if you go without a QB this year, you've got to get four in the next three years. So that in four classes, you've got four QB signed. But Florida's QB depth isn't really that deep. I mean, behind AR-15, who's a monster, can't wait to see him on an apier. Uh, yeah, there's Carlos Del Rio Wilson and Jalen Kitna, but that's really it. So I don't really get just – turning him away and then jaded gibson i didn't really get that either that's a kid that you can just drop into your lineup and he'd be ready to play day one so i don't get those decisions i'm also not really in a position to doubt napier after what he's done so far as we'll talk about with guys like kamari wilson and devin moore and pulling shamar james back into the fold the only real logical course of action right now is to just sit back and, and let Napier do his thing because he's clearly doing things right. There's no debating that. I, it doesn't mean I understand everything he's done, but there's no debate that he is overall doing the right things. So all things considered, I'm very happy with him. I would just say, I wish he hadn't done that with Evers and Gibson. That probably knocks the plus off of off of the A grade I'd give him. So, I mean, because he's got to get an A. There's no other way to put it. He's got to get an A for the job he's done so far. So let's talk now specifically about the four new guys that Florida's added to its program. And I say four because I'm including Chris McClellan in there, the guy that you really want to talk about, I know, because he he's a special guy because he committed to Florida when the Gators had no coach back in November. That's, that is, that is a very rare thing in college football. And you say commit to a school, not a coach. Well, this guy committed to a school without a coach. I do want to add something very quickly. Um, Neil, I know that, that you know me as somebody who likes to really go deep in the analysis of what the class could look like. So something that, that our listening audience would, would definitely be able to stay tuned for is um, this certainly won't be our last podcast on recruiting for this cycle, we'll definitely have at least one or two uh, going into the final signing day. One thing Neil and I are going to bring to the table is a list of guys that we might be able to get. Um, you know, the, although most of the, the players in the country are, are signed somewhere, there's still quite a few players that are still looking around. And uh, we have to see who's going to be visiting the, the university in, in January. Um, and we'll find out what, 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 uh, what, what Napier has up his sleeve. Um, 
but yeah, let's let's discuss the players. So so who we got uh first? Got McClellan first. Um my the, my the guy I he's he's your guy. He I'm surprised you interrupted me and I'm gonna start talking about him because he's the guy that you're really high on. Um I'll 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 go first with him and then you can go first on uh, Devin Moore and I'll I'll go first on Wilson and then you go first on Shamar James. So we each get our chances to go first and then go second, depending on which we happen to like better. So McClellan. Um, I mean, he's got, he's got a five-star offer list. He's a four-star on the rating systems, but he's got a five-star offer list. I mean, you name a school, they've offered him. Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, Auburn, Texas, Texas A&M, Michigan, LSU, USC. I mean, you name a top-tier school, they've offered him. Clearly a guy that everybody wanted. And there's a reason for that, because when you look at the tape, there's a big, strong guy, you know, big frame, very athletic for a, a DT. He's got big time hands and he can he can kind of just bully offensive linemen out of the way i would like to see him work on his pass rush moves a little bit i, I see a lot of him just bullying his way past opponents and just pushing them over like a i hate to use this analogy but like a, a kid at school that you're bullying you just use a hand and you just like push him over i don't i don't condone bullying but i'm just you know anyway yeah um he just like uses his hands to push guys over which is great when you can do it but at the SEC level, it'll be a lot harder to do. So I'd like to see him add some swim and rip moves to his game and become more versatile. I mean, that can all be taught. So he's a bit of a project in that sense. But the pure strength and athleticism he's got make me very excited to see what Florida can do with him. Uh, I mean, the upside is ridiculous. And I think he is a championship caliber piece at DT. So, and, oh, and the fact that he committed when Florida didn't even have a head coach – this is after Mullen was fired, but before Napier was announced, tells me that he did what few recruits do. He committed to his school because he loves his school, because he is a Florida Gator. He didn't commit just because he was sold on some vision that the head coach was selling him on a recruiting visit. He committed to be a Florida Gator. And that, to me, makes him, like, co combined with his offer list and his tape, makes him that uh, an, an equivalent to a five-star. Yeah, Neil, I think it's incredibly impressive that we got him. Um, obviously, beforehand, in, in looking at the, the total body of, of um, potentials for the Gators at defensive linemen, I know early on, we obviously, both, both of us, were really looking at uh, Nolan, um, who, who went to Texas A&M as a, as a five-star. But really, the second guy that I was looking at on that list was Chris McClellan. And you look at his tape, and he's like most high four and five star athletes. He's a man amongst boys. Uh, looking at his high school tape, um, the guy uh, he's very quick for for his size. Um, he's one of those freak athletes. I mean, he he's uh, close to six foot four. Um, at this point, over three hundred pounds. Um, and the guy does not, he does not play like a 300 pounder. He, he does have the fast twitch necessary to be successful in the SEC. The biggest question for him is what will he look like after he's coached? And you mentioned um, upside. His upside is incredible. Um, honestly, uh, looking at where his ceiling could be and, and comparing it to Nolan's ceiling, um, I think that I think those two guys have a very similar ceiling. If if um, 
if we get the right guy in there to coach him uh, at the defensive line position, uh, this guy could potentially be an all SEC type player. I mean, I'm serious, Neil. I'm not, I'm not trying to wear my orange and blue uh, fogged out glasses that, you know, I'm, I so easily and quickly put on when I see guys like this, this he's special. He is a special talent on the defensive line. And I think alongside Gervin Dexter, I think he's, I think he's definitely going to be putting on a show um, in the orange and blue. And in three to four years, we'll be waving at him goodbye as he moves on to play on Sundays. He's that kind of athlete. And um, we're, we're, Neil and I are very excited to, to see him uh, rock the orange and blue. And again, I'll just say this last thing on McClellan. I want to echo what you said about, about his, his passion for the school. Um, obviously uh, we recognize that it's a, it's a business decision. Um, you, you, you go uh, to the staff that, that they can develop you. And I have a hunch that though Napier wasn't official, I do have a hunch that he knew about Napier, um, as most of us did. Um, but the fact that he committed to Florida without a D-line coach, the fact that he committed to Florida without an, a head coach officially, um, the fact that he continued to be persistent in his interest, the fact that um, after his official visit to Oklahoma, the hometown school, he decided to still come and, and, and finish out the official visit weekend um, Sunday uh, and spend time in Florida. Huge deal. Glad to have him. Can't wait to see him in pads. And if I'm not mistaken, he's he's enrolling early, so we should see him at 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 uh, um, at spring, which is a huge deal, especially on the line of scrimmage to have a guy enroll early. Which means I'm not sure if he's necessarily going to start, um, but he'll definitely get a ton of playing time in the fall uh, as he continues to build out his frame and be coached uh, by hopefully one of the best D line coaches in America. Well, you use the wrong tense there. Enrolling early is not applicable. He's enrolled early. He's in. Science field delivered. He's a Gator. So we got him, ladies and gentlemen. We got him. Um, that brings us to the trio of guys that Florida added on early signing day itself. Um, it was like, well, I, I don't think it was a day that a lot of people expected to go particularly well for Florida. We did expect to get one guy early in the morning. And we'll start with him because it was well, – we'll go in chronological order. We did get him, Devin Moore, a safety that was a longtime Notre Dame commit, had a great relationship with Brian Kelly. He did the dip. He's gone. He looking – Moore looking for a new school, and he chose the Florida Gators, a one that – a commit that I think we expected, but nonetheless still can help the Gators out. Dustin, you can take the first shot at analyzing him since I went first on McClellan. What sticks out to you on the tape, and what do you think Florida's gotten in him? Devin Moore is – he's really talented. He plays in, uh, in, a, in a very crowded, uh, for lack of a better phrase, area um, of, the, of the country playing in, uh, in southwest Florida. Um, his length. His not only his height, but his length, his his wingspan, as as uh, as as um, the basketball uh, pro scouts like to refer it to, his wingspan is phenomenal. Um, his hands are great. Uh, I mean, if you look at his highlight tape, he, he's he's definitely 
someone that could that could make interceptions, which is a, a, a big deal at that position. Um, I think he's going to be a great strong safety for for the University of Florida. Um, he's he's the kind of guy that as he fills out his frame, he's probably going to get to be six four, um, two hundred pounds, two hundred and five pounds, and he's he's going to be a difference maker um, in uh, in the secondary for Florida. Um, I I mean he, he definitely needs to prove himself. Um, I look forward to seeing what he looks like uh, as he as he as he uh, continues his career. He may not be as game ready as a guy we're going to talk about in a few minutes with with Kamari Wilson. Game ready as in ready to start in the SEC. Um, but he's definitely a guy that's gonna that's gonna really build depth. And in a few years, he's gonna, in my opinion, I think he's gonna be a star for the Gators. Um, and when I say star, I have to I have to preface. I'm not necessarily talking about the star position. No, I have no idea what what uh, what naming schemes this new staff is going to use for defense, but definitely not calling him at that position. Um, but hey, I, I'm excited about him. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, currently 6'3", 190 pounds, um, quick, uh, excellent athlete, and we took him from Notre Dame and uh, and Freeman up there, who is no slouch of a recruiter and a defensive mind. So the fact that we got him in Florida. Um, without a uh, even a full staff, I think it speaks volumes to Patrick Tony, who was the lead recruiter for him and will be the lead coach for him, and also Raymond. So Neil, I know you're I know you're raring to go to talk about uh, Devin Moore. He's a guy you're really excited about. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I am really excited about him. I'm real excited about the other two guys we got too. I'm just excited, period, because we have a coach that has made recruiting something that we can get excited about, period, which is just just beautiful to think about. Um, everything you said about Moore, I echo, I second. I will add one thing about him. The versatility he brings is something that I think is gonna come in handy. He can play corner, he can play safety. He's been recruited as both. I mean, on, even when he was on the trail, people were asking, is he a corner, is he a safety? Will he play safety in high school? What's he gonna be in the next level? He can do both. Um, I, I think some of the techniques need some uh, some, some slight adjustments. I think he can learn to um, be a little bit better in pass coverage against the tight end. Cause I mean, college football is just going there anyway. So I think pretty much every safety in the country can, can work on getting better at that. Uh, Cause I think pretty soon we're going to have guys like Kyle Pitts just becoming the norm, just, just grooming that type of body to be that kind of, of playmaker at that position where it's just a natural mismatch. So he'll have to work on that a little bit, but uh, I mean, he's, he's a real, he's a real playmaker. Like you said, he's not, I don't think day one ready, but I mean, you know, maybe he'll take a red shirt. Maybe he'll learn the system for a year or so, but I think by 2023 or four or so, he's going to be a piece in the secondary that we can really rely on. So that was the one that I think everyone more or less knew was coming. And now we get to the surprises. Now we get to the guys that people, did not think we're coming at least not until the last minute so let's start with kamari wilson the five-star safety out of img that flipped from georgia there were some last second i don't, I don't even want to call them 11th hour they were like 11 like 11th hour and 59th minute 
type rumblings that he was coming to Florida. Here's what I know about him. This, this is verified to me by multiple people who do not know each other, which in journalism is like as good as it's ever going to get. So according to multiple people who did not know each other, including one from IMG and one person in Florida that I know, he had a commitment video to the University of Georgia queued up, saved in his drafts on Twitter. A caption was all typed out. All he had to do was send in his letter of intent and go, go into his drafts on Twitter and push that little teal, like, like Carolina blue colored tweet button. And it was all done. He was that ready to go to Georgia. And it was there in his drafts as of when he woke up on Sunday morning. That means that this was after he took the visit to Florida. This is after that picture of him doing the Gator Chomp with Billy Napier in front of that mural with the Gator logo and everything, all that. That means from the interval between when he woke up on Sunday morning and Wednesday at 4 p.m. when he made his announcement, Billy Napier must have put some hardcore hours and, and effort and manpower into recruiting him and swinging him because as of Sunday morning, he was 100% Georgia. As the, as the week went on, as Wednesday went on, I kind of thought, yeah, we got a chance here. I still say Georgia, but it's now a statement that I make with like 60% confidence as opposed to 100% confidence. Yeah, he's going to Georgia, not even a conversation. I, as, I, as of Wednesday morning, I was saying, I still think Georgia, but it's, it's very possible now he comes to Florida. Florida went out and they pulled off a robbery of Kamari Wilson. And why is he a robbery? Well, um, I mean, he's a five-star for a reason. The speed, first of all, is, is off the charts for someone who plays with that physicality. Usually you have someone who's either super physical or super fast and, and is adequate or good or above average in the other, not elite at both. This kid's physicality pops off the screen to me. I mean, right away, you can see the kid just loves making contact. He loves to hit people. He loves to bring them to the ground and tackle them. I mean, some players just do this because they have to do it and because it's part of the game because being a safety or any, anyone on defense means you're going to have to tackle people at some point. Kamari Wilson seems like he genuinely enjoys bringing people to the ground. And for someone who is that good at it, for someone who is – I think as, uh, as, as Andrew Ivins of 247 Sports put it, he is a battering ram. For someone who was a battering ram, he is fast. He ran track for two years at Fort Pierce, uh, Westwood High, before transferring to IMG and focusing on football 100% of the time. But he never lost that speed. He's got both the, the quick and the fast tags applied to him. So he'll hit his top speed immediately. He could change directions really quickly. He's, he's really, really good on, on the cones um, and, and the shuttle drills. And he's got great range. He can make plays from sideline to sideline. He's smart. This trait is harder to pick up on highlight films because I mean, kids aren't going to show plays where they look stupid, but, but again, various people who I know who watch him, um, on a fairly consistent basis, say he is a very intelligent player. Um, I mean, they, they say his brain is, is a huge reason why he's as successful as he is. I mean, yes, he's fast. Yes, he's physical. He is really, really smart. The, the play recognition that he brought to IMG after having only been there for a couple months in his first season there as a junior, off the charts. He learned the playbook, learned opponent tendencies, and immediately became an asset in their secondary. He clearly does his homework. 
He does it well. He doesn't cheat himself. He knows opponents' tendencies based on their formations and based on what the first moves out of the stances the opposing offensive players are. He's just just a star. He, he's, he's a star. He is a plug-and-play piece in Florida secondary at safety. Um, I think he could get better at, at man coverage because that's, again, like I was saying about Devin Moore, something that safeties I think are going to have to naturally – just learn to do with the way college football is kind of moving toward that Kyle Pierce or Kyle Pitts becoming the norm kind of, of offensive piece you have there. But this is a kid that's going to be dropped into Florida's defense. And, and once he learns the playbook and once he learns the speed of the college game, he's going to be difficult to stop. So those are my thoughts on him. Dustin, how about you? Neil, I think you, you capped it up perfectly. This guy is a difference maker at safety. He is a day one starter at free safety, in my opinion. I know we have a couple, a couple good guys that have been sitting the bench, and in some ways, and we'll leave it for another discussion, um, and due to some of the quirky seniority uh, processes that the Mullen had, unfortunately, these guys didn't play. I don't care. This guy is a day one starter. You look at his tape, he is a monster. He is violent in terms of approaching um, in, his, in his hit speed. He is, he is a headhunter. He, he reminds me like a super raw version of Reggie Nelson. With coaching, with coaching under Patrick Tony, who is regarded as, as one of the up-and-coming um, defensive minds in college football, along with Corey Raymond, which need I say more, he will be a star. He will be an he will be an all American type athlete. He has that potential. Neil, I, I mean, I'm elated that we have him. And again, I'm I, and you already you already went through his his scouting report. Um, he, like like you said, he does have the speed. He's violent. He's a battering ram. The guy's great. But let me just speak to this super quickly. Gator Nation, we broke the curse. In just 10 days, in just 10 days, Billy Napier was able to knock down the doors of IMG Academy, and he was able to get what he wanted. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a huge deal for the recruiting program of the Florida Gators moving forward, the fact that we're getting this type of talent, the fact that we we're, we're getting this type of talent uh, and we took them away from a school, University of Georgia, who not only wanted Kamari, but they wanted Kamari badly. They got plenty of corners. And they had them Georgia for several months. Georgia needed a safety, and this was the safety that they targeted and they wanted and they did not get him. Who got him? Billy Napier, Corey Raymond, Patrick Tony, and the Florida Gators. It's huge. This is something we could be excited about. And listen, Dan Mullen was, I mean, as everyone knows now, is was was and is not a tremendous recruiter. In almost four full years on the job at the University of Florida, he had two head-to-head wins over the Georgia Bulldogs. In a four-year span, you should not be able to count the number of head-to-head wins on the recruiting trail you have over your rival, at least not without like sitting down and thinking about it. 
I, the fact that I know them off the top of my head right now is a bad, bad indication for how his recruiting is ultimately going to be remembered. The two were Marcus Burke, who hasn't done anything yet, uh, but is still very talented and, and could be something in the future, but we don't know yet. And Irvon Dexter. That's it. That's it. Those are the only two real head-to-head recruiting victories Florida had over Georgia with kids that Georgia, A, really, really wanted, and B, really, really thought they had a good chance to get. Neil, don't forget about my man, Kyer Elam. They wanted him, but I don't think they wanted him the way they wanted Burke and Dexter. They, well, uh, I don't know. It's hard to evaluate him. Elam... I, I, all right, sure. I guess you could say Elam. I don't think Elam is in the same category as Burke or as Dexter because Georgia had other corners that they were that they were really going after. He was one of many. Burke was a guy that they really thought they were going to get. Dexter was a guy that everyone in the country wanted and Georgia thought they had a chance at. Kyer Elam coming out of high school, very, very good cornerback, no doubt. But I think he was one of many guys on Georgia's radar that they said, hey, here's a pool of 20. We get four of them, we're thrilled. I think he was one of those 20. But beside the point, even still, if you count him, that's three in four years. You should be winning more battles than that over your biggest rival. And yes, I said Georgia's our biggest rival, not five and seven university. So that brings us to the last one that Florida got, which is another win of sorts over Georgia. It's also a bit of a head-to-head win over the boys from Alabama who are going to be competing for a national title very soon. I guess Georgia in theory is too. They're both in the CFP, but Florida beat out two CFP teams for Shamar James, Alabama and Georgia. So James was actually a Florida commit once upon a time. That didn't really work out too well. Things happened. He soured on the Gators, decommitted. Things happened again good things in terms of in terms of his desire to come to Florida. And after a lot of smoke from uh, or to Alabama and to Georgia for him, he ultimately signed with the Florida Gators, which proves that once a kid decommits from Florida, it's not necessarily game over. I mean, we remember Anthony Richardson decommitted from Florida. People forget that, but he did. Jacob Copeland decommitted from Florida. People might remember that because of the way he he's kind of acted, but just another bit of evidence that just because someone decommits early in the cycle does not mean he's necessarily out of the fold. So Dustin, talk about um, what, what you see on tape about James and the kind of recruiting win you think this is for the Gators. It's a big deal. I mean, Georgia really wanted him. They really wanted him. And they were pushing for him. He had the official visit there. Uh, this past weekend and and Neil I just think it's phenomenal to to see Napier Patrick Tony um and 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 everybody at at, uh on this on this new staff that he's building is just great to see him get another recruiting win and what's what's even more peculiar and we don't even have a a linebacker coach right now we don't have a defensive line coach right now so you have really Billy Napier. Um, well, wait, that's not totally true. In theory, we do have a linebackers coach named Christian Robinson because he was the well, one. He went to Birmingham 
Alabama, and he went into his house and he visited with him after Mullen got fired. So, I mean, there there are rumors floating about with C. Rob. Uh, we're not going to get too deep into him, but um, let, let's just say that he 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 has liked some posts on on Twitter that are not exactly pro Florida, and and we'll we'll leave it at that. the The theories go deeper than that, but let's just suffice to say that that there are questions about his long term status in Florida. But he is right now on staff with the Gators, and he was the one that traveled to Birmingham to recruit Shamar James after Mullen was fired. So continue. Look, look, Neil. I would love to be proven wrong, but. I, I highly doubt that Christian Robinson was part of closing Shamir. I, I highly doubt that. I, I know that, that Patrick, thank you, Shamar. Got to gotta get it right. Gotta, gotta, he's a Gator now, so I got to make sure I'm pronunciating the, uh, the names uh, uh, properly and, and with proper diction, and, and I, need to, I need to place the emphasis in the right letter, the right point, the right point in, in my verbal execution. It's important, Neil. So with, with Shamar, he is fast. He is a, a speedy linebacker. And, the, and, I, and I say it like that. He is a speedy linebacker. He's not a guy that could potentially play safety or buck or defensive line, and he's going to be a linebacker because that's, that's where he best fits or that's the team need. No, this guy is a linebacker. He is cerebral. He is smart. His his footwork is is great. Um, his uh, from what I can tell, I know it's it's really hard to, to look at um, at tape with with the quality these days. Um, uh, but what well, even with the quality these days, I should say. But but his 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 eye placement for a linebacker is great. Um, I look forward to seeing what he looks like after he's coached. Um, but he's again one of those guys that 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 could and should be a difference maker at the University of Florida. And again, I just want to end end my thoughts with this. Can we just sit here, and you know, to to the listening audience? Can we just sit down or whatever you're doing? Maybe you're you're mowing your lawn, listening to this. Whatever you're doing, you just you just stop for a minute and think and think this this true statement through. We took a guy out of the state of Alabama. We took a guy that Georgia wanted. We took a guy that decommitted from the University of Florida and had every right, like other people that decommitted as well in, in the whole debacle, we'll leave it at that. He came back. And I'm not going to go too, too deep into this, but Neil, you know how much I love the story of the prodigal son. And let me just say this to Shamar. Welcome home. There's no place like home sometime, man. Well, it, it is it is worth pointing out, though, that when he committed to Florida the first time around, it was C-Rob that went and did the work for him. It was C-Rob that he went and built the relationship with. I have no idea what happened this time. Like, I I, I talked about uh, of, of having some, some people on the ground who knew that Kamari Wilson had the – had the Georgia commitment video uh, all queued up and ready to go. I have no idea what happened here. I would love to get with my people and, and learn about it because it, it's probably a fascinating story. But 
That, that is a great mystery right now. Um, but whoever you want to put it, he is signed, sealed, and delivered. However, whoever you want to give the credit to, he is a Florida Gator now. And because he's a Florida Gator, the, the Florida Gators now have a guy who is extremely athletic at linebacker coming in, coming back into the fold. And I think maybe not a day one starter, but I think by the end of his freshman year, it could definitely be a, a valuable piece at the middle level of the defense. Um, I mean, the athleticism right away is, is just so, so obvious. It just pops off the screen when you're watching his highlight tape. Again, you know, as is the case with highlight tapes, you're not going to see the bad plays, but you're going to see the best of what the kid has to offer and the potential is there. Um, I mean, he played wide receiver a bit. He played a little QB at times in high school. So he, he's going to be a linebacker for the Gators. He projects best there, and I think that's what Florida recruited him for. I think that's what everyone recruited him for. The ball skills and, and the leaping abilities, the vertical, the ups that he's got could allow him to play some coverage in some scenarios. I mean, that's not something you see a lot with linebackers. I'm just talking about earlier guys like Devin Moore and Kamari Wilson needing to work on their man coverage skills a little bit because college football is going to that place where you're going to have to have your safeties be comfortable covering tight ends in man coverage. I think Shamar James is there. I mean, he's going to need to learn to adapt to the SEC speed. He's going to need to learn to, you know, he's going to need to get bigger and get more naturally able to combat the SEC tight ends he'll be going up against. But I think that this is a guy that can do that at a fairly high level for the Gators without a, a, such a humongous learning curve. Um, I mean, he's, again, another smart player. I talk about intelligence being one of the top things I look for out of high school kids that you can't really find on his tape. The play recognition is there. Um, I mean, the people I talked to, again, who I talked to the first time around, I haven't asked I haven't talked about him since, but when he committed the first time, people you say, yes, he is a very intelligent player who's he's able to detect and, and shut down plays before they even get going. And and the people that that scout him say, yeah, that's not just a fluke. That's not just something he cherry picks out of his high, out of his film and puts on his highlight tape out of context. No, he really does do that all the time on a consistent basis. So he he's proactive and that helps him blow past the offensive line and, and he's a good tackler to boot. So when he does blow past the line, when he does detect the play, he doesn't just get there and slow it down by redirecting the guy. He will make the play himself more often than not in the open field. So, I mean, a tremendous pickup for Florida. I mean, with the losses of Mohamed Diabate, um, I mean, he's not going to be a defensive lineman, but I mean, with, with the overall personnel losses that Florida's had in his front seven, I would think, that with a little bit of shifting around, he would be able to contribute fairly quickly for Florida. Uh, hopefully we get guys like Derek Wingo and I don't know where exactly he'd play with this new defense, but do want black. we got to get him on the field. Tyron Hopper seems like he'll be a constant at linebacker. Um, but again, that this is the kid that is going to come in and I think learn the speed of the sec and then he'll be ready to go. And we'll have, we'll have a, a guy that can play for the Florida Gators at a high level fairly quickly. So Dustin, um, that's about all we've got for this show, but it's not all we've got for this class. We're going to do a, a, a more, a, a master class uh, recap, but we just had all these new guys to talk about. And this like show, that. So 
A masterclass so, yeah, recap. Of course, no, that, that's, that's how you frame it, man. It's a, it's a masterclass overview. But um, closing thoughts from you on the Gators' early signing day and what you think this means for the future of the Florida Gators recruiting uh, under Napier. Neil, um, I'll just sum it up like this. So as Billy Napier opened up his press conference after uh, the, the conclusion of many of the, the signees on, on early signing day, he said something that really, really tickled my soul. And he said this, he said, I love recruiting. Don't we all? I love recruiting. Don't we all love that, man? How incredible! And, and you'll just—I know, I know. I'm—I'm—I've been very um, sentimental today, um, for lack of a better phrase. But just think about that. When was the last time we had a coach that could look at you in the eyes and and say, "I love recruiting"? It's probably. Neil, I want that on a shirt. Probably must have, but he was incompetent in so many other areas that it didn't matter. Yeah. And and he and he does it. He he lives in Brazil. He doesn't just say it for purposes of selling merchandise. He actually backs it up with his actions. Absolutely. And Neil we again we said this at the beginning of the show. We're gonna say it now again at the end. But we did not have any expectations for this early signing day, we we expected the majority of the players um, committed, would they be the exception of, of Chris McClellan, to sign with the Gators. And we were sort of, you know, 50% to 75% sure that we get Devin Moore. But other than that, we weren't expecting anything else. And to finally come, uh, to finally leave an early signing day with with more hope and more uh, excitement, then we um, we come into it. is It's a pretty big deal because most of the time, and you know me very well, Neil. You know me. You know, coming into an early signing day, I have this big board, this list of all these big time athletes that I think we're going to get. And you're like, Nah, Dustin. He's going A and M. He's going to Georgia. He's going to Alabama. This year is the complete opposite. I'm like, dude, that guy's going to Georgia. That guy's going to Alabama. That guy's going there. And those guys are are Gators. Feels good, man. It's a big deal. Feels really good. I, I think I think part of that was just uh, my being scarred by the Dan Mullen era where we just land the kids that really want to be Gators because Mullen's recruiting pitch is basically, yeah, you know, we like you, but I'm going to coach up my offense how I want. And if you want to be a part of it, great. If you don't, whatever. And then when enough kids don't do that, when enough kids don't buy that pitch, he gets crammed into a very small window where he has to have his team execute his perfectly called game to perfection or he's going to lose as we saw that result in him getting fired but anyway uh as it pertains to napier i'm excited i still i i don't think i'm ever going to understand the way he he kind of kicked nick evers to the curb i mean we, we saw it immediately nick evers got scooped up by oklahoma clearly i mean it's a different type of program now with lincoln riley at usc but Brent Venables is a pretty good recruiter in his own right. He's a very good evaluator of talent too. So for him to just go and grab Evers like that, uh, and, and then Jaden Gibson, I don't understand that either. Just because I don't understand some of the things he does does not mean I do not 
buy into the overall vision that Billy Napier is is trying to live out right now with the Gators. I believe in him. I think that he does have a plan. I may not understand it, but I am I am I am bought in to what he is doing on the trail. I think that it is dwarfed the expectations of of any realistic Gator fan and even some of the more optimistic ones probably didn't think we were going to get Kamari Wilson or Shamar James and we wound up getting them both on top of Devin Moore which I think most of us did expect but I'm excited for the future for recruiting for the Florida Gators um as we said earlier this class is not done this is just one of two signing days the the old signing day which I guess now is more adequately called the residual signing day is coming up in February so when that happens and the class is all signed sealed delivered we will have another pod to talk about all of that the master class episode um, where we talk about everything the Gators have done on the trail. This was a good first half of it for sure. And in, in, in a very compressed uh, game, I guess. I mean, you're talking about games of football being 60 minutes, recruiting cycles being 12 months. The equivalent is Billy Napier is basically playing a nine minute football game when his team is already down by 40 points and he's, He's making the score respectable, and who knows, he might even win because he's gotten Florida from the low 70s to into the top 50 now, and they're only going to keep rising. So I'm excited. I'm happy about what he's done so far. That's about it for this show, guys. Um, if you liked the pod, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a nice review. We would definitely appreciate that. We do have a special interview with the co-host of the Rage and Review podcast. That was Dustin's brainchild. That was a one-on-one from Dustin uh, with Matt, the co-host of Rage and Review. That will air sometime next week after this one has some chance to be digested by y'all. Um, y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy. Wish you guys a Merry Christmas and go Gators, y'all. Dustin, I think we've I think we've earned it. Yeah, and again, I, oh, I just want to echo what. Hey, I can't hear look you. at you. Of course, we're looking at uh, Casey Hampton. He just uh, pulled into the Zoom. Yeah, I'm I, I I'm fresh off the unemployment line. How are everybody doing over there? <laughs> I'm gonna oh, the, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna coach it's Coach O. Wow. <laughs> I heard I heard Billy Napier needs a needs a linebacker coach. So I'm going to come down from one swamp to the other. I'll tell you what, though. I would honestly, I would love to hire Ed Orgeron because if nothing else, if somehow Billy Napier just flames out and implodes and gets fired in the middle of the year, we know we have an excellent interim coach right there on our roster. <laughs> well, guys, everybody, I, I, I'm certainly not a huge uh, recruitment guru, but uh, just wanted to hop on and wish everybody a happy holidays. Be safe. Hope you uh, enjoy the time off with your family, friends, and loved ones. Reflect on the reason, the reason for the seasons, and uh, let's go get a bowl win. Yeah, let's beat Florida, y'all. Um, beat the Knights. Y'all got to understand the recruitment of Dalvin Cook just broke Casey. He it did. He yeah. he used to be into recruiting big time. Dalvin Cook's whole. Uh, I don't. We've now we're no, we're not making this pot explicit. So I'm just going to say his nonsense. No one, no one's cursed yet. So we're going to keep it clean. Uh, I'm not going to be the one to break it this late in the show. Yeah, no, it, uh, that, it it broke me. It broke me. That so. that little bit of garbage was the end of him, him being a recruiting. Yeah. But 
yeah, man, um, it was a good show. Hopefully y'all enjoyed it. Um, stay safe, stay healthy. Go Gators. Well, hey, deal. Oh, we we got to have to do it. Oh, oh, we have to do oh, it. Oh, we got to get it. So Dustin, send us off. So Neil, like, like we were saying earlier, go Gators. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> go Gators, y'all. Go Gators. Yeah. See y'all soon. I'm uh, recording from my office, but I don't care. It, it deserved that. I'm recording from Casey's place, so I don't think he cares either. Go Gators, y'all.